If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Ghana Connect. They were trying to create by this candid decision by government through a statement issued by the Minister of Information. It's as though they know nothing about IMF. You have been to the IMF, Mr. Speaker. You were not confronted by an international crisis. That unfortunately, as a result of the fact that the government decided to delay in taking such an important decision, it has cost the nation and it will cost us even more going forward. When we warned them, they didn't listen. Now they will listen to the IMF. So we see what we NDC for now. So finally, after years of declaring his government will never return to the International Monetary Fund, today President Akufado finally ate a giant humble pie faced with a monumental economic crisis. The question really to ask you is, is this a solution? And do you support the decision taken by the president today? You're connecting Ghana and beyond to discuss. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. We connect after the break. Hey, Efo, what brings you to my house this early morning? I hope all is well. Oh, it's never well with me or my brother. After paying three times for the land for my project, the construction workers are giving me wahala. From material overestimation to small, small steering and excuses from artisans. Charlie, I'm tired though. Works that can be done in two weeks are done over two months. I have to pay them whether the work is good or not. I told you so, Efo. 
it's all because you're trying to become builders when you're corporate workers and business people. Edlom has products tailored to meet your needs. Villas 3 at Amrahia, where there are finished homes with very flexible payment terms. For more information, please visit edlomhousing.com. Send an email to sales at edlomhousing.com or simply call 0270-166-166. Edlom Housing, where spacious and quality homes cost less. Alliance Insurance since 1890. At Alliance Life Ghana, we have a wide range of life insurance packages to suit all pockets from individuals, groups, associations, and businesses. We cover your employees, your funerals, pensions, children's education, and your future. Call us on 0302-267-892 or visit our website www.alliance-gh.com for more inquiries. Alliance Life. We secure your future. So you're a style seeker. You just love it when people stop and stare as you drive by. That's why you always select top-of-the-range products that make you the talk of the neighborhood. I love it. I love you it. revel in comments they make behind your back. No wonder you choose from the new Peugeot 2008, 3008, and 5008 SUV range that makes every eye pop each time you cruise along. Wow. <laughs> now that's how to change the game and give people something to talk about. Stop by Silver Star Auto today and let's talk about your new Peugeot SUV. Do more your way on Ghana Pay. Send and receive money at zero transaction fees. Pay bills, buy airtime and data, transfer money in and out of your bank accounts, and so much more with Ghana Pay. Dial star 707 hash to register for Ghana Pay or download the Ghana Pay app from the Play Store or App Store. Ghana Pay, your money, your way. This service is powered by gifts. You're live on Joy 99.7 FM. This is Ghana Connect, and my name is Evans Mensah. Of course, Ghana Connect is continuing this major, major breaking news story that has been developing uh, since just about uh, mid-morning. The decision by President Takufuado to direct his finance minister to begin conversations, talks with the IMF for an IMF bailout. In fact, I want to take it down memory lane because if you look back on everything that the government, the president, the finance minister had said in the last five years, today's decision must have come as a major shock indeed. We are 
are not going to the IMF. Whatever we do, we are not. The consequences are there. We are a proud nation. We have the resources. We have the capacity. Don't let anybody tell you. and we would deploy as much as necessary. And actually, I tell our members that are with high level of debt, don't wait, don't wait. Move towards uh, uh, programs uh, that would help you protect your economy. Because if when capital leaves and nothing comes uh, to, to guarantee uh, stability, uh, then countries may find themselves in a very, very tough uh, spot. It's a means to an end. And even sustaining that microeconomic stability and building on that, we fail to do that. And that is why almost every three years and some few months, we've had to go to the IMF. And the bulk of that is, is from the fiscal side, borrowing. Why wouldn't the IMF ask you to put a hold on your borrowing if that is the, the, the problem, right? And right now, because interest expense and compensation for employees take virtually everything, you are looking at getting to the point where even to pay interest on your debt, you may have to borrow my problem. That is nothing like, that is, that is more or less like a Ponzi scheme, right? It was completely avoidable, completely avoidable if we had done the right things and heeded to good advice from our own people. You should, and I, I believe that uh, a lot of what we need to do, I mean, Ghanaians, you know, in Ghana and outside Ghana can tell you. They can analyze the problems and, and tell you exactly what we need to do. You know, everybody, you know, from academia to the business community to industry can have 
you know, their contribution to how things should be. And I think that our governments need to be open to ideas. A lot of our problems can be solved with ideas, not with money. It is evident, therefore, that the solution to the problem lies with taking the bold steps to restructure our debts to get some relief from pumping far too much revenue into debt servicing on an annual basis and channeling the savings into priority areas that will benefit our people directly. directly. The Akufado administration knows this too well, but political posturing, empty grandstanding, and a morbid fear of their own pedestrian politicking around less serious problems of the recent past have immobilized and frozen them into action. Inaction which continues to run our economy aground and worsening the living conditions of our people by the day. And with this, I'm referring to their criticism of my administration when we decided to go to the IMF. They said it's only lazy governments that go to the IMF. And, I mean, the words they said in that past have come to haunt them. So one of the reasons why they're afraid to go to the IMF is that what they said in the past will uh, follow them. Uh, are we going? If we go, uh, and DC will celebrate as a defeat for the MPP. Is that the political dimension? Yes, but are we getting ready to IMF? No, we haven't reached a point where that determination can be made. Because we are now going through the process of looking at the numbers. You are far behind. You are years and months, months behind. Those people should double up and follow us and know where we are. We have left them behind. external forces have on our economy? Well, external forces have an impact on all economies. The Ghana is not excluded. Our neighbor, Cote d'Ivoire, exports pretty much the same commodities that we are exporting. In fact, we now have oil and they are trying to, to, to get oil uh, uh, as well. But why is it that the external forces haven't collapsed the Ivorian economy? <laughs> we are just next door to them. In fact, the Ivorian economy is booming. And their budget is, they had to have another budget just because they had more money than they had budgeted. <laughs> Because all their communicators, anytime you mention Mahama and you stand and say, incompetent Mahama administration, incompetent Mahama administration. All of them, in the offices they occupy, they should show us what competence they display. When I look at the economic management team, it is quite clearly a fantastic team. Professor Jambafuo, Dr. Akotose, Dr. Afriye Akoto, Honorable Alain Chiremanting, Boachi Ejaku, Ken Uforiata, Senior Minister Yao Osafu Mafu. What a solid team! Can but if I hear some people argue that we should go to IMF, 
any government that goes to IMF has failed. And we haven't failed for the good works that we have done in this country. If you applaud, can you forget that? Well, we have indeed gone for an IMF bailout. Yes. How do you feel vindicated? Not really. I feel sad. So Ghana is connecting tonight to have this big conversation. Um, who would have thought that uh, uh, five years on, we are back here having a conversation about the IMF, listening to everything else that was said by all those who currently are the helm uh, when it comes to the economy. This is Ghana Connect. It's time for you to have your say, and many of you are already connecting on this big conversation. Connecting with us, George Poku is an accountant and financial analyst. Is connecting with us from the U.S. Chris Atadika is a marketer and aspiring academic. Prince Kwanza is a student of the University of Cape Coast and a youth activist. Ni Ayi Opari Ayi is with Economic Fighters League. And then finally, Jabir Adam Galadima is a youth activist. Let mm. me start from George Poku. And, and by the way, let me mm. just quickly announce that uh, we have a poll that is running. We want to um, gauge what your reaction is to what has happened today. The major bombshell decision by the president to direct his finance minister to return to the IMF. Um, you know, years after um, they, he had said, no way, never. And we're asking, do you support the government decision to seek support from the IMF? Do you back that decision? Very interesting. Very, very interesting. This is the closest uh, poll we've had on Ghana Connect yet. So this is telling us a story. We'll get into that very shortly and see where you stand. Let, let's hear our connectors who are joining us all over. All right. So, George Poku, you are an accountant. You're also a financial analyst. You've probably been monitoring the Ghanaian situation. You are based in the U.S. Did you see this coming? You have to unmute, uh, Mr. Poku. You have to unmute so I can hear you. I, we can't hear you at all. Okay. Oh, oh sorry. Sorry. I saw this coming from afar because at the end of the day, um, when they said that they needed E-Levy to stabilize the economy, we all knew that E-Levy was a choice. And the choice is with the people that have the money to spend. And most astute people that have the money to spend were going to find other means of spending it rather than going through this E-Levy route. So there was an in in in, in a problem that was within the house that needed to be solved and E-Levy was just being used as a cover-up that um, they were using. Going to the IMF was something that is long overdue. Like one of the professors said, six months ago, a year ago, we our debts were very, very sustainable. We were at about 68 to 70s or 75% of GDP. So we could have done it without having any problems. But now that we have crossed the 80% threshold, it is becoming more difficult. And uh, we are going to have to prove to them that, it, as a matter of fact, we'll be able to pay back what they lend us. 
So yes, going to the IMF based on the way the debt to GDP ratio was rising consistently, you knew the only fallback was for us to go to the IMF. Right. Near you, Pariai. Um, do you, do you agree with these sentiments? What are your views on what is unfolding now? Um, yes. Um, first of all, greetings to all our, our viewers out there and to yourselves in the, in the studio. Um, going to the IMF, yes, it's, it, it was actually inevitable in that if you look at Ghana's economic, economic, the structure of the economy is what we like to refer to as an administrative economy as compared to a productive economy. So you realize that we're not raising, we're not able to raise or generate um, revenue internally. So most of our, our expenditure has to be borrowed monies from outside. And if you're running on such a system, you're always looking for the next opportunity to go out to borrow. And as it stands, yes, our debt to GDP ratio right now is over 80%, which is not sustainable. But it's no different from what has been applying all this time. So you see, as we're running again to the IMF to seek to borrow some more money, that's basically what's happening. We are, we are at a stage where it is not lucrative for any investor to bring any monies. So what we're doing is we're going to the global borrowing market to go and seek some some sort some monies from that's what the IMF basically is. It's a global market for borrowing. So every other investor is saying, look, you are too risky. We cannot give you any monies. So we are deciding to go to the global borrowers of money and say, look, we need to borrow some monies from you. And then they'll try to take you through some programs. But that's that's not the that's not the fact here. The fact here is if this is going to change for the better. We have to change the fundamentals of our of our economic structure, and that will be to move it from an administrative economy where we're not producing anything of value, and raise it to a productive economy where we'll be we will increase our capacity to generate revenue locally. That's the only time we can see any meaningful change, and then probably perhaps yes, prevent us from going for such uh, programs like the IMF we are seeing right now. Yes, J Jabir, I mean taking from where near your party left. And you look at the structure of the economy, which he says is fundamental to Ghana going back to the IMF. This will be our 18th time going to the IMF. Jaber, do you what role do you think handling of the economy in the past few years has played in the current predicament of the country? Jaber. Jaber, Adam Galima, you have to unmute. So be, well, before before Jabir comes in, I let me go to Chris. Chris Tatadika is a marketer and an aspiring academic. I was asking Jabir about how the handling of the economy at the moment has contributed to the current predicament. What are your thoughts on that? Okay, so thank you very much, and um, a very good evening to your listeners and viewers. Um, for me, this IMF decision, I saw it coming. Um, at the very moment the government um, started filling on their promises they made during their uh, campaign, I just knew that uh, this was just in the pipeline. It was just coming. And what is unfortunate is that we have to go through all these years of, um, let me say, economic suffering till this decision is made. And it, 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 it's very unfortunate because this could have been done if you also listen to the professor who spoke some few minutes ago this could have been done some six months earlier and we wouldn't even be in this particular situation now the question here is um are we can can we negotiate or bargain for a very good deal um from um, the imf and would this be sustainable and this and can this bring back the economy uh, bouncing on its feet again uh, these are questions the finance experts um, would have to answer. But for me, 
I look at the political implication of this particular. Are you are you with me? Yes, yes. You can go on. Yes, I look at the uh, political implication of this particular decision, and as it's it's just unfortunate that years and years on after um, twenty sixteen, all that have been said about the previous regime, uh, we've had this government let me say, replicate or even do worse than what the previous regime was. was. So it's, 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 just, it's just so unfortunate. But, but what can we say? As, as citizens, we just hope that our leaders would um, do their best and then would have the economy back on track. I mean, the, the, all of yeah, you... Uh, yes, please go on. Somebody was going to want to make a point. Yeah. No, 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 Evans, um, yes, they, um, reacting to what the two said, yes, um, our productivity as an economy um, is very low. Um, we moved from agriculture being our main backbone of our economy to the service sector being the main backbone of the economy from about 20 years ago, whereby we, we, we thought tourism and um people coming into Ghana and things like that was going to be how we were going to sustain our economy, how to re-going towards the service sector. And the agricultural sector had been a backbone. We used to rely on gold, on, on cocoa and um, all the other agricultural things in order for us to go. But then there was a switch that happened in the early um, late 90s, early 2000s that moved us to the service sector. So now we need to sit down and look at it and look at our whole e economic structure and see that is the service center really going to be what can carry the country along because again the service structure the service um sector is dependent on other people coming when they can come that is what how why we see things like when COVID hit our economy fell very hard because when COVID hit nobody was traveling Nobody was coming to see the Kwame Nkrumah Museum. Nobody was coming to see um, the Kintampo Falls. Nobody was coming to Ghana for anything, Cape Coast Castle, all of those things. So if we continually depend on the service sector, such incidents in, in, in the world or even in our nation is going to always set us back. So we need to fundamentally, as a country, look at how we want to structure our economy and what pillars we want to build this economy on before we even get into the crux of this issue. Why he said, um, my, um, he said that it's an administrative uh, economy rather than a productive economy. It was a productive economy at a point in time, but it switched. Mm. And that is what we need to look at. What made the switch and how can we get back to the fundamentals? I mean, guys, I want to pick your thoughts on something. Like one of the reasons um, that the government hesitated, not hesitated, was categorical that they would never go to the IMF, was this uh, idea of the national pride, that the Ghanaian is proud, that we are, as Nkrumah had said, we are capable of managing our own affairs, this uh, rhetoric of Ghana beyond aid. Listen to the finance minister. The last time he articulated his uh, his resolve never to go to the IMF, why uh, he, he, had, he was so persistent on that particular matter. And I ask you, what, what, what are you share that? That view. This is the finance minister Kenofriata recently. Going to the IMF. Whatever we do, we are not going to the IMF. 
Whatever we do, we are not. The consequences are there. We are a proud nation. We have the resources. We have the capacity. Don't let anybody tell you. Like when Joshua, Caleb, and, and the 10 others went to spy on the promised land. And only two of them came to say that we can do it. And the 10 went around the community, murmuring, you can't, da, 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 da. We are not people of short sight, you know, and we have to move on. Okay. So let's think of us as who we are, a proud, strong people. So that is the finance minister there. Niai, let me ask you the question. So now the decision has been made. He has been ready to go. As a Ghanaian, do you feel that your pride, this takes away anything from your pride as a proud, uh, as a proud Ghanaian, as your pride being pricked or, 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 or diminished in any way because of this decision? Um, yes, it, it goes back to, to you're speaking about patriotism or nationalism, yes. If you have a country where you, you cannot provide your basic amenities or your basic necessities, of course, it, it takes away from your, your pride as, as a national of that country. And if you look at Ghana's situation right now, it's so dire to the extent that we import basic commodities like toothpick. I mean, you're not even able to feed our people for three months continuously. And all the things were brought to the fore um, during the COVID-19 pandemic. You realize we're not even able to feed our people for the three months that we're in lockdown. So yes, to your national, as to your national um, um, pride, it, it really dents on that. Because yes, um, um, it, would be, it would be better if you had a country that was being able to provide your basic Look at the um, unemployment situation, for instance. If we're paying more attention to a productive economy as to an administrative economy, you realize that one of the basic fundamental things that will be booming will be agriculture. And that has the capacity, or the single capacity of employing the most of our labor force at the time. So if we're even serious about stopping some of these things or solving some of our problems, you realize that, yes, um, tackling um, self-sufficiency as, as, uh, as a national project would be able to bring some of these things to bear. And of course, yes, it, it boosts up that your 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 confidence as a Ghanaian citizen. But as it stands, yes, it, it's quite disgraceful that you have a country that's the number one producer of gold on the African, the entire African continent, but you have over you, you have um, over 9.2 million Ghanaians can't afford five Ghana cities worth of food a day. This this is quite this is quite embarrassing. And yes, until we we tackle some of these things, it's going to be very difficult to engender that that spirit of patriotism or pride in a, in a nation. I mean, let me bring in George. George is connecting with us from the U.S. George, you are in a unique place. You've been working in the U.S. for so long. Um, you just hear uh, Niai say, well, my pride, my pride has been affected by this. You know, we are proud Ghanaians. You live in the country where, and when you mention Ghana, there's a certain sense of pride that you, you feel when you do mention, uh, I, I, I guess, when you walk about showing how hardworking you are as a Ghanaian in the U.S. Uh, looking back on this decision, would that affect that, the boldness with which you, you say that now? Um, no, um, Evans, as a matter of fact, it never will, and it's it's not going to be a matter of um, discussion. The problem is we have, the country called Ghana has consistently lacked leadership and initiative, and it has been something that I have spoken about quite um, a lot when I was um, on radio almost every Saturday. I used to talk about it, that there needs to be an attitudinal change. Until we get an attitudinal change, Ghana is not going to change. For instance, let's let's take this. We talk about producing gold, but there is something in Ghana that is worth more than gold. That 
we take for granted. There is a plant called um, Griffonia, and there is another one called, um, I think it's Volcanda. That is more expensive per ton than gold is. And these things are not hard to cultivate. They are not hard to develop. They grow in the central region. They grow in the Ashanti region. They grow in half a region. For no, nobody taking care of it. They just grow by themselves. And people, Japanese and other countries, are sneaking in and buying this and selling it at higher prices. But the government of Ghana has never stopped to look at it and say that for us to develop, we need to be able to get some other means, not the traditional means. These are non-traditional means. These are things that people don't even know that it's exportable. Kids see it and they play with it. But the export value of it is quite enormous. The country has not taken the time to analyze and be able to come to that point to see that we have resources that are not just gold and um, copper, manganese, cocoa, and things like that. There are so many things within the country that can be exported that the, the, the government is blind to. And so at the end of the day, we are where we are. At this stage in our lives, if Ghana is still saying that the war in Ukraine is affecting it and does, they have to go to the IMF to borrow. It's a pity because Ghana has pineapples that Europe needs right now. What is the trade minister doing? Why is the trade minister not in Europe trying to sell the things that Europe needs right now? Because most of the um, corn fields in Ukraine have been burned. Most of the um, things that were coming from Eastern Europe are no longer coming. So people are looking for charcoal in Eastern Europe to, to, to take them through the winter. And we are sitting here and we are talking about um, how to solve a problem and not go to IMF and the trade minister, the finance minister, they are not being creative enough. I am not going to be shy that I am a Ghanaian. Neither am I going to bury my head between my ties and say that where Ghana is, is a problem. There is a lack of creativity in thinking by our leaders that needs to change for us to be able to take the country from where it is where right. it's supposed to be. I mean, Kweku, you know something interesting today. You know, you know what today's date is? First of July. Today is the day we became a republic. A republic. I mean, you know, we became independent. independent you know, from the... you know, I mean, not not independent, last in the sense of you know, declaration formally, but we became a republic, a today. republic. Um, uh, and it, it begs the question. It was Nkrumah who led us, right? And Nkrumah says something. He said the black man is capable, is capable of managing his own affairs. Let me replace black man with a Ghanaian. Hmm. Black man. He says the Ghanaian is capable of managing his own affairs, right? Yeah. On a day like this, when we're celebrating proudly, it, it, it would have been a holiday. A holiday. Yeah? Um, we should ask that question. Yeah. Having traveled this long, and having gone back to the IMF 18 times, now we are going for the 19th time, it, it was Nkrumah right when he said that the Ghanaian was capable of managing his own affairs. I, I wonder what the connectors make of this. Really? Was, was, he, was he right or was he wrong? Um, a good, it's a good place to bring in Prince Aqua, Prince Kwanza. He's been listening for a while. Prince Kwanza, what are your views on this? Okay, so thank you so, very much. For Prince, if you can answer that question for me, so was Nkrumah right when Nkrumah was Nkrumah right when he said that the Ghanaian is capable of managing his own affairs? Okay, so um, Nkrumah was very right when he said um, the Ghanaian was capable of doing that. 
But sometimes we let uh, our pride and our personal interest get in the way of our thinking. We think emotionally. Um, if you, you know that you alone cannot do it alone because uh, they said that we are not a repository of knowledge. And so you need to involve people. When you lack the creativity and the innovation to be able to um, bring up uh, programs that is going to make the economy stronger, and you lack those things, you need to bring people, experts in their fields, to be able to develop the economy. And I think we have such people in the country who can do that. But people's own political ideologies are going to prevent them to do that. We have resources that will be able to take care of us. But the problem we always have been facing is that we depend on the raw materials we produce, we export them without thinking about industrialization and being able to develop these things into finished goods so that we can also export to other countries and also feed our own people as well. The reality on the ground is people are suffering, but we do have people, experts, who are well knowledgeable to be able to manage the affairs of the country. So I think it's about time the government seeks support from other agencies, other stakeholders, and people who are well endowed with knowledge to be able to come together. And anytime they want to uh, have a meeting on these things, they call upon the ministers and all those people. But the question is, all these people have been in government for like six years or something. And what? there is there is nothing happening. There is nothing new. So right. it's always from committees with these people and we are not bringing anything new. I think it's about time the government goes out there and, and bring in more knowledgeable people to be able to make the right decisions. I think we are capable as Ghanaians and we can do it. Uh, well, well, Chris, so, Chris can, can, Evans. Yes. Yes, I want to come in. Um, I think that with the question you asked, um, Nkrumah was right. Nkrumah has always been right. Um, the point is, and I want to just move a little bit from um, the discussions we are having and, and focus more on our spending as a country. Now, we say that we are a country that doesn't have um, a lot of res. I mean, we have a lot of resources and we are complaining that, uh, I mean, the people are saying they are suffering. But we have a government that, that keeps telling the people that the economy is booming. Now, we look at how we have spent our 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 monies the past for the past let, let's say four years now we have a country prioritizing you know a national cathedral when we have um people who don't have access to clean water people who don't have access to um um, um food i mean and people who cannot feed themselves even three square meals a day and we we spend over 30 million Ghana CDs on um, free SHS t-shirts. And so you look at all these things and you ask yourself, as a Ghanaian, I'm like, what is our le what are our leaders doing? You say we don't have money. We, for example, now have to go to the IMF and we are spending just like a, 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 the way a developed nation would spend. And it, it, it saddens my heart. So the question you asked um, whether I feel proud as a Ghanaian in this in this moment i'll tell you i'm i'm i've never felt proud about the way leadership has handled especially our spending and prioritizing um, um spending in terms of uh, where to allocate resources 
and which things matter the most. For example, look at the National Cathedral. Now, we are being told that the National Cathedral is going to bring us, you know, uh, a lot of income in terms of tourism. Now, the question here is, I was part of the demonstration um, this, this past uh, 48 hours. Now, the question is, do the people feel that they need a National Cathedral? That's, that, 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 is, that has been always what I've been asking. If leaders think that we we um, um, if we have leadership that thinks that they made a personal pledge to God, and then because of that they come and use resources to to build a cathedral, and for example we have people who are suffering who are not having jobs, you know it's 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 quite sad, very very sad. Mm. So um. Prisakwa, you, uh, George Poku, you are an accountant. I mean, you look at the situation that we have, we found ourselves in. Is there any way we could have taken ourselves out of this situation in terms of homegrown policy, in terms of working on our own without having to go to the IMF? And this week, um, Kweku Kwatin is the chairman of the finance committee. He said something that was striking to me. He said the IMF will bring in very young boys who will be ordering the ministers around and all that. And so the government itself should be able to try and do things on their own. You look at our situation. Was there any way we could have dealt with our situation without re re resorting to the IMF? Prudent spending. Yes, there, there was a way. And, and, and the way that we could have done that was tight on spending. The basic um, equation in economics and accounting when the money is not there, don't spend it. It's as simple as that. I could go down and break down the national um, national income equation and all of that. But the simple thing is you cut your coat according to your size. As a country, we have been spending too much. The borrowing has overrun us. And so when you spend most of your GDP financing previous debts and current debt, then you need to start making policies within the country, one, by cutting spending, two, by making sure that things that you are putting in place, measures that you are putting in place are measures that can be funded from what is going on within the country. And that was why um, the last time I submitted, I said that we need to start looking away from cocoa, looking away from gold, looking away from timber, and those traditional exports that we have and start looking into new things that are in Ghana. There are, there are spices in Ghana that even Saudi Arabia does not have yet. But the government is not spending time to research and find out that these trees that we have in our forest, that we are cutting down and doing balance with, some of them have things that are more richer. Rose, rose, um, rose wood up in the north, that's the Chinese, there was a Chinese lady about a year or two ago that was arrested for taking them down. Yeah, I, you're, you're talking about Aisha, Aisha, Aisha Wan. I mean, but let, let me ask you on the, from, on, from what you just said, and, yes. and a yes or no will just do for me. On the back of everything you said, which means that we can do this ourselves, do you support the decision then to return to the IMF? Do you support that decision, yes or no? Personally, no, I don't. Okay, let's let's see what all of you told us on that question on on the poll.
uh, that we run on our social media pages. Same question I just asked George. George says, personally, no, he doesn't support the decision to return to the IMF. Um, let's start with the Joy News handle, uh, shall we? Evans, uh, uh, if you go to the Joy News channel, uh, the, the Twitter page on Twitter, it's a very close poll. Yes, 42%. There are 42% of the people who have participated in this poll who say they support government decision to seek support from the IMF. 34% says no. And then we have 24% following by saying that they are indifferent. That's but, very, very close. That's absolutely very close. But if, if you look at the Joy FM that's page, even, that's even more fascinating. That is because there's a tie between those who support and those who are against the decision. Walk us through that. So 35% say they support the decision by government. Another 35% also say they do not support this decision. And then we have 30% saying they are indifferent. A very close poll. And I mean, on Ghana Connect, this is about the closest I've oh, seen. Yeah. This is the closest we've, we've, we've had, um, you know, on this on this matter. Let, let, some of the messages are fascinating. Mm. Uh, on, on that same, uh, uh, beneath the 35, yes, we support. 35, no, we don't. And 31, we are indifferent. Very, very fascinating. Did game changer. 67% about won't pay e levy. This country recent says recent guy says, who are you asking? You, the media, are part of the problems we are facing in Ghana. Uh, he says you can't criticize his government. Well, that's his view there. He's entitled to it. Francis says we should put that same discipline they will require of us on ourselves. Uh, why must technocrats be the ones telling our government how to run their finances effectively? It is a shame. Kwame Rudolph, we have the men. We have the men. Nina, Nina, Sa, area boys. Uh, do you have any? Yeah, I have a number of them on Twitter. This one says... Um, government needs a lot of discipline and we can be able to, we'll be able to fix this situation by ourselves this one says um, we should who are you asking okay this is the, this is the message that you took okay, if, you, if you go to Facebook okay. if you go to Facebook there are a number of comments on our, under our live stream this one says we are we are here for here for stubborn proud and government should take <laughs> their, here for stubborn proud <laughs> and government should take the message seriously this one says the kufaru led government should bow their their heads in shame and apologize to Ghanaians for failing to live up to their expectations they set up hmm. this one me, says me me says on hmm. twitter town make quiet people hmm. can't believe what they are hearing even the ndc members are shock priced Surprised. MPP. What kind is this? Apart from Nkrumah, no past president has been longed for than Mahama. Incompetent Mahama. Incompetent Mahama uh, can't forget this, he says. Pearl Oakley on Facebook says, the MPP government has lied to Ghanaians and it's about time that people voted for them to come. And it's about time that people voted them out of power. It's time for Ghanaians to realize that we cannot use a manifesto to run the country. A number of comments coming on yeah. under our live stream. And the Evans. debate is continuing. Listen, all connectors, I'm grateful that you connected uh, with your views uh, here on Ghana Connect. I'm but, pretty sure. Yes, yes, I can see somebody has a, a quick interjection and a comment. Yeah, yes, go on. This is Chris. Chris, yes, Chris. So if, Chris, go on. Before I go, I would love that you would also run a poll to find out whether our return to the IMF would mean that the Break the Eight agenda of the MPP um is 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 let, let, let's say near 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 impossible i i think if you if you'd run a poll like that also 
it would it would it would be fair enough to see the political angle of this particular decision i mean yeah. and and you make a very important point it's about what is the political cost to the mpp of this decision remember that they were so categorical vociferous about this and they've made this is possibly uh, the biggest u-turn any government can make in our history is what we've just witnessed right the biggest u-turn it is it is it is an admission that they have failed um i mean I mean, it's, a, it's, it's an admission um, because they themselves have said that if you go to the IMF, it's a sign of failure. It, it, it's, it's an admission. Um, and so what does this do to the MPP uh, as a party that is seeking re-election? Your, your, your guess is as good as mine. Listen, thank you all for connecting. This conversation definitely will, will continue way into next week and beyond. Of course, News File is taking it up this tomorrow morning. And we're going to be discussing it all through until, of course, the decision is made by the IMF whether or not to grant us that program. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Consequences are there. We are a proud nation. We have the resources. We have the capacity. Don't let anybody tell you. And we would deploy as much as necessary. And actually, I tell our members that are with high level of debt, don't wait. Don't wait move towards uh, uh, programs uh, that would help you protect your economy because if when capital leaves and nothing comes uh, to to guarantee uh, stability uh, then countries may find themselves in a very very tough uh, spot choice you can make window instead of middle seat picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket outsourcing business tasks you hate what about selling with shopify 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 9.7 FM. Keep this frequency clear. The station with the best, 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 music. best music, best music, best music. Joy ninety nine point seven FM. Keep this frequency clear. Live on radio, live online. This is the locker room on Joy ninety nine point seven FM. Welcome along. We're going to be talking all things transfer movements on this podcast and joining me to get stuck into it. I've got former West Ham and Aston Villa midfielder Nigel Rio Coca and then French football journalist and EuroLeague regular Julian Laurent. Um, Nigel, I haven't seen you in ages. Have you been missing me, mate? Yeah, I've missed you, mate. You know, I always have a little fun <laughs> with Tottenham fans. It's, it's been a while. It's been too long, my friend, but nice to see you smiling. I guess you're smiling because you're biggest rivals Arsenal struggling a little bit to get players in and you guys are just splashing the cash so you know what it's it nice is to see a smile no, on your face you know what it is is actually because it, that building towards the end of the season it was getting so much in terms of the pressure of who was going to make the top four that there's just this absolute relief now for a few months I was speaking to an Everton fan yesterday and saying like, it must be so nice for Evertonians to just sit there and not have to worry about the stress of potentially getting relegated for two or three months. Yeah, give them a couple of months, mate, start to see about stress. Yeah. They're losing some players as well and they've got a big job on their hands next season. So it's going to start soon. Just enjoy the next two or three That's weeks. That's it. Got to make the most of it. Julian, how's your summer been so far? Has it been manic busy following the transfer window? Yeah, the tr- transfers are always like a sh- really busy time, even if there's no matches. Although I've, I've been enjoying the under-19 Euros, where England have been doing really well. France did really well until the semi-final last night and then didn't really go according to plan. But yeah, for the rest, it's a lot of phone calls to make or trying to make them text and WhatsApp messages and that kind of stuff to try to get on top of things. 
with all the, as we always know, the twist of the transfer window and the market and, and all of that. Yeah, but Jules, you're one of the most charming men about as well. So I can imagine when you make the phone call, people actually answer. There must be so many journos out there that get the get the double tap treatment and just hear it go straight to voicemail. I bet you get answers all the time. I get I get a few. I get a few. I've been doing this for a long time as well, now, you know. So uh, yeah, it helps. It helps when some of the relationship that you have with some agent, like you know, they they some of them know know a lot. And even if it's not their players, they you know they they always talk and and they know a lot of the things. So so far, it's been a good summer in terms of. The information that you can get, I don't think he's been too sh- sort of shut down. If you want, mm. I think things have been have been pretty pretty fluid, uh, and it's been quite fascinating with you know like what happened at United, Chelsea, and Arsenal battle for Rafinha, for example. All of that that we will mention on the show, I think he's been he's been really good so far. It's just another eight weeks to go, so it's plenty more. Oh, I love it. I can't wait to pick your brains. And actually, you you've mentioned Rafinha there. Should we start with Leeds? Because I want to talk a little bit about what the new look Leeds is going to be for this season when they came up of course there was so much talk about Marcelo Bielsa and I feel like so much of their identity was intertwined with him but we now know that Calvin Phillips has moved to Man City got Rafinha potentially on the move as well Bielsa having moved on so what are Leeds going to look like under Jesse Marsh next season let's bring in Baron Cross who's uh, a Leeds United writer for Leeds Live. Beren, how are you doing? First of you, mate, how's the summer been so far? Hello, very, very well, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, been a busy summer as it is uh, every year for football journalists around the country. Uh, thankfully, Leeds have been busy, uh, ins and out so far. Um, already looking forward to the new season, though. Should we start with Rafinha? Because I feel like that's the one today that seems to have had the most discussion. I'm sure for Leeds fans, they're absolutely desperate for this not to be the case, but it does look like he's being linked quite heavily with a move away with Chelsea in the, in the discussion. At the May. Yeah, I think there's probably a resignation now. I think most football fans, obviously not all football fans, but most will will come to understand that most players do have a shelf life at certain clubs, uh, especially those players that are the, the better ones in their sides and have, have clearly got ambitions to achieve things in their careers. So I think whilst, yes, it's not nice, the idea of, of Leeds losing arguably their best player, I think most fans have understood that to have him for two years, a player of that quality, has actually been quite a pleasant surprise, to be honest. Um, very, very quickly, it became clear Leeds have got a great deal, I think around about £17 million from from Wren in League One. Um, and then he's just gone into the stratosphere across the last two years, been Leeds' talisman. And I think with two years left on his deal and, and no sign of a new contract, I think we're all well aware that in the football business, this summer seems to be the best time to, um, to get a good price for him. Quick question. Who do yes. you think is the greater loss between Rafinha and Calvin Phillips? Who do you think will have a greater <laughs> impact of losing that player for Leeds' chances next season in the Premier League? That is the million-dollar question. Um, I think if you'd if we still had Marcelo in charge, I probably would have said Calvin. In this new system under Jesse Marsh, um, Calvin, of course, missed a great deal of last season and came in towards the back end. And you would argue, from what we saw, clearly a rusty Calvin Phillips getting back into his best form. From what we saw in the system, this maybe doesn't quite suit him as well as Marcelo's system did. But Rafinha, I think, has just got that. He's got that mercurial quality about him. He can turn any game on its head. He could score a goal from nothing and has that speed and incisive pace with which to play within this Marsh system, which does seem to base a lot of its sort of prowess on, on counter-attacking. So I think if you were to push me, I would probably say Rafinha. And then are yeah. you worried a bit that, that you think that Leeds may fall into similar thing in the sense of Burnley and their style of play? Because obviously we know now there's going to be a complete different style of play and approach to Leeds yeah. under Jesse Marsh. And... Do you feel that he's going to try and go for that whole team dynamic, working hard, togetherness? 
But at a certain level in the Premier League, you do need to have special players like Rafinha who have that different individuality to be able to unlock defences, to create chances out of nothing and that real spark. Because I think there's only so long you can go in the Premier League with that team dynamic, without having that one or two extra special quality players. Do you worry about that? No, I think clearly time will tell. And then obviously nobody is ignoring the fact they finished fourth bottom right. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 